Are you looking to wager on all the big events in sports? Well, lean on our friends from Bet Online. Hey, Bet Online's got it going on for you. It's super easy to get started, so head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Spring has sprung, so make a splash with a new spa from MyHotTub.com. Choose from over 50 spas in stock, new inventory weekly, and prices slash to move fast. Don't let April showers keep you from a new spa. Visit their huge showroom in Destiny, USA, and ask about their 48-month 0% financing option for credit-qualified buyers. Treat yourself with a new spa from MyHotTub.com. Don't just take our word for it. See for yourself at Destiny USA. Hurry, these spas won't last. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Our guest is John Galloway here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you by our great friends at Stanley Law Offices, Tiny Bubbles Laundromat, and Welch and & Company Jewelers. He is, of course, the head men's lacrosse coach at Jacksonville, and in his own right, one of the greatest players to come through Syracuse University as well. John, unbelievable to have you back on. How are you? I appreciate it, Mike. I'm, I'm always I'm always glad to be able to jump on with you, and uh, looking forward to having a chance to talk a little bit of lacrosse with you this spring. Let's get into your team this year. You know, get my listeners caught up. Obviously, many of them are Syracuse fans, but they're lacrosse fans across the board. Uh, your program uh, has grown very, very quickly. You're doing a great job. The facilities are amazing. I know we talked about those last time I had you on. Um, can you just kind of get into what this year has been like, a little state of the union on the program and, and where you're going from here? Yeah, I think this is a product of, of a lot of uh, hard work between our senior class and our fifth years. And, you know, this is for, for us the first time that the entire roster is uh, recruited by our coaching staff. And, you know, I think people forget often when you're, you know, early recruiting, like college lacrosse does, you're in this cycle where you're waiting for your guys to come in. And each year our guys have been bought into what we believe in as a staff and what we believe in as an institution. And uh, I think you're starting to see the fruits of their, their labor. And, um, you know, it's been a fun ride. I think we have a lot more to prove. I, I think this group has a, a, a real chip on their shoulder every time they take a step on the field. And even though they're having some success, I think, I think they still find now hunger each Saturday. Is it harder to be a head coach or harder to be a goalie? <laughs> I think it's always harder to be on the sidelines just because you don't have any control. And, uh, you know, when you don't have control, you feel like you're you're limited into the, the empowerment of your players. But, um, you know, being in goal is, is a lot of fun. You feel like you're a part of the game no matter what. And being on the sidelines is a little bit more difficult because, you know, you have to entrust your players. But I think that's a big part of our team is – is a level of trust between player and coaching staff. Um, highlight some of your players who are, you know, uh, at, at the top of their game here. Yeah, you know, defensively, those guys don't get a lot of notoriety, and I, I'm really proud of that unit. I think, you know, when you talk about some specific individuals, Colin Hitton will, will be a surefire PLL draft pick this summer. I think he's one of the best in the country. And, uh, you know, he is uh, kind of winged, right winged with Dixon Smith, who I think is has been, you know, our steady Eddie. He's a fifth-year senior for us. He was one of my first recruits. He's been here for, for the gauntlet of, of winning, losing, heartbreak, and finally starting to see some of that success. And, you know, as you move up to the midfield line, you know, Troy Hedinger is a guy that uh, I think could play anywhere in the country. I think he's one of the best short-stick defensive midfielders in the country. And, 
you know, he's bookended by Dixon, uh, by Zach Beacon, a, a young man from Toronto who uh, was a preseason All-American coming in. He'll be a top 10 NLL draft pick next year. And then, you know, the attack has obviously garnered most of the offensive success, but Max Waldbaum transferring from Tufts, uh, Jackson Trieri, a freshman for us who, you know, just broke the single season assist record last this weekend. And, and Jacob Reiner, I mean, to have multiple multiple guys, you know, scoring at the level they are, you know, I was really only had one 50 goal scorer in my coaching or playing career with Steve Keogh. And, and, you know, we're looking like we might have two this year. So uh, we're getting it done on the offensive end, but I think it's been a, you know, complimentary lacrosse in terms of, of how we're getting the job done across the board. Why do you think it is that lacrosse programs can start from nothing? And within a couple of years, even the first year, but you know, you, you build it a little bit and you can become, I don't know, Richmond just started a few years ago, right? Uh, my alma mater, St. Bonaventure just started. Now they're, you know, getting a lot of heads turning their way. Um, you guys, I, how is it that you can in lacrosse start from literally ground zero and all of a sudden be where you are as we record this? You're 12 and two and you've played, you beat Duke, right? I mean, you almost beat Johns Hopkins. You know, you beat Denver. I mean, this is like awesome stuff here. How 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 is it possible in lacrosse? What's the system? Yeah, I think the the reality of our sport is you know, the talent pool has continued to grow, but the, the number of homes for those young men to go to has, has not. So you know, the the speed of college lacrosse has not kept up with the speed of you know just the the popularity of the sport. So you know, a program like us has benefited from you know, the ability to, to recruit guys like, uh, you know, a Trey Hedinger, who's a public school Maryland kid that people overlooked, or uh, like Dixon Smith and Jeremy Winston, who are two Dallas Jesuit kids, you know, that played other sports, football and basketball, and played for Chris Saran, who was a Syracuse alum, and, you know, you have that that recommendation from a friend. So our sport is so small in that you, you have these relationships that allow you to maybe see some players that you normally wouldn't, and at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the the five-star recruits are still going to go to the five-star schools. I mean, that's that's not changed, and that has not changed since I've been in the sport. But I do think the three and four stars are starting to play a little catch-up, and they come in with a little bit bigger of a chip on their shoulder. So our, our guys come to work every day like they're, you know, two and 12. And I think that's been a, a part of our growth as well is, you know, we want to try to prove a lot of people wrong. Am I reading this right, that you guys have scored in the last two games 51 goals? Yeah, you know, we uh we had a great weekend. Um wow. our guys yeah Happy again, Easter. <laughs> yeah, I think it's um you know, I said to the guys, you know, I think there was like some disappointment after the games this weekend. I said to them, I don't think you realize it's not easy to do this at this level. And and you know, for a freshman who didn't see all the trials and tribulations that it took to get here, you know, I try to remind them all the time, it's not always this way. We have put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get to this point where we could not only have success, but be disappointed after. And I think that's a character of a good team is that you're, you're constantly wanting more. And, uh, you know, we're going to go back to work tomorrow with a, a new, a new refound urgency because, you know, we have the opportunity to be outright champions in our conference this Saturday. And I know our guys are hungry to do that. Can you believe you've been there for six years already? Does it feel, does it feel like that? No, it doesn't. And I think COVID had played into that a little bit. And, um, just the, uh, 
uh, drinking from a fire hose really the first year and a half, but um, it's been amazing. Yeah. I, I've been so thankful to be a part of this this place. You know, our president is a is an upstate New York guy. Tim Cost went to Western City, played sure. baseball at Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, you know, our athletic director is uh, all in on lacrosse. You know, we're a tier one sport on campus. I mean, it's becoming important down here, and you know, it's it's become a family that I've been really proud to be a part of. Does the style differ down south? I know that kids play everywhere now, right? And high school programs have their own system. And uh, d- different pockets of the country might have a certain little thing that another one has to kind of catch on to uh, stylistically. I- is it different, let's say, down where you are compared to Upper Northeast and Syracuse and, and Hopkins and some of these programs or out west with Denver and that group? Is there a style difference that you notice at all? I don't think so. I think, you know, particularly for our roster, you know, we're represented from 19 different states, uh, two different provinces. We only have three kids from the state of Florida, uh, a few from Georgia. But beyond that, I mean, we're we're made up and compromised, uh, uh, you know, comprised of all the the reasons that you just mentioned. So I think you just you build that that kind of narrative around your locker room. And that's who we are. We're really diverse. Uh, You know, we take pride. And taking you know kids from and we had two transfers from Syracuse, a young man from Oregon who was playing on our second midfield line that played at SU, and he's from the West Coast. And now he's playing on the you know in the Southeast. I mean, he's he's just kind of you know, melted into our culture, which is which is such a fun part about being part of this program. Yeah, there's no doubt. Do you ever show your players highlights of your career? <laughs> no, I, I try to steer as far away from my career as I can when, when I'm talking to those guys, especially because I know they'll give me a hard time for how many goals I used to give up. And, uh, you know, I, I try to try to keep away from that. But we do talk about, you know, um, some of those experiences, you know, experiences of my senior year of, you know, feeling like we had a talented team and and, and leaving some stones unturned and, and making sure that, you know, hopefully from all of the lessons that we've had as players that, you know, we don't allow those mistakes to happen as coaches. So uh, it's been fun to share with them some of those narratives, but certainly don't want them watching and, you know, me getting scored on all the time. <laughs> John, it wasn't much, by the way. It, 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 that didn't happen a lot. Uh, John Galloway, our guest here, uh, Syracuse lacrosse great, and now doing amazing things uh, with Jacksonville University as the head men's lacrosse coach. Uh, make sure you go visit them on uh, on the web at judolphins.com and get caught up uh, with John and his program. Um, have you caught up with talk to anybody and and also i'd like to get what your thoughts might be too on just the new era of su lacrosse like do you do you pin eyes to it with gary gate now at the helm and what are some of the people in in, in the lacrosse community saying about syracuse's future yeah you know i really haven't okay. um you know we we try to get them on the schedule and, and unfortunately you know it didn't work out on their end i'll and, make some calls um, i'll make some calls john yeah i appreciate <laughs> that you know um you know i talked to coach simmons jr or coach coach simmons the third excuse me every yeah. every once in a while mm-hmm. um but no we're kind of in our own world down here i know that you know i'm sure they'll get that thing figured out and, and they get that thing cooking but now I'm focused on what our team can do, and um you know we'll uh we'll, we'll keep a, a distant eye on them as, as they continue to develop you know, I know you don't want to talk about your career that much, but I wanted to ask you one thing that I wasn't able to ask you last time I had you on, and it's interesting because you just brought up talking your experiences to your players, you know, especially your your junior, senior seasons, you know, late in the year. You you had kind of a very unique way about it. I mean, look, when you win a title, you win a title, period, end of discussion. But you're the only goalie in NCAA history to win national championships in your freshman and sophomore years. So to get out of the gate like that, how wild was that to be on top twice? And would you rather, with the way things ended, would you rather have had the two wins at the end or, or just doesn't it matter? 
Yeah, you know, I think now with perspective, you, you, you take a step back and realize how hard it is to win one, so hard. two. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't think it matters when you win them, and, and they certainly don't ask when you win them because, you know, those those memories are, are, are forever yours. But uh, I will tell you, as a leader of that senior team, feeling like that was the most talented team, there's a lot of regret there. There's a lot of regret that we didn't get the job done. Uh, just knowing that we feel like that could have been one of the greater teams in, in Syracuse lacrosse history, and uh, that'll always leave a a void in my stomach I know I speak on behalf of our class because um, there are such high expectations there and when you win early uh, that becomes the, the, the bar that becomes the standard so uh, to not get there at the end was certainly disappointing but you know I have to remind myself and take a step back that there's not many people that that win one let alone two and and what a ride it was and um, you know those are those guys are, are still guys that I talk to on a daily basis. How far away are you guys from you know, making a final four, you know, and, 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 and trying to get to the top of the lacrosse mountain, how, how far away do you think you might be? I'll be honest with you, Mike. And, and I've shared this with my team a number of times. We, we, we talk about that weekend pretty often right now. Okay. Um, I, I'm not shying away from that because I do think that the leadership of this group is, is something I've never seen before. Now um, there's a lot of obstacles to, to get there, but it also takes, you know, as I experienced as a player, it takes a little bit of luck. It takes a little bit of a, um, you know, the right day, the right time, but uh, you got to put yourselves in the position to be in the dance. And, you know, we're three wins away from, from securing a, a definite spot in the, in the tournament. And, you know, that's been my, my goal since I got here is let's get into the field of 16 and let's give ourselves a chance to do something special. And once you do, you're only four wins away. And, um, you know, I, I know as a player, you know, we got there, you know, through a, a few crossbars, a few uh, a few hot face-off guys, and, and then we also lost in the quarterfinals and, and in the first round based on some other hot teams. So uh, once you get in the dance, anything can happen, and, and we're three wins away from doing that, and, and that'll continue to be our focus here as we get ready for hopefully some May lacrosse. John Galloway, Jacksonville head men's lacrosse coach, uh, Syracuse uh, lacrosse great in his own right here on the ML Sports Platter, brought to you. Uh, by our great friends over at Elevate Fitness of Syracuse and your State Farm agent, Matt Graham. I just have two more for you, John. What makes a great lacrosse goalie? Yeah, I think uh, confidence, mental you know, mental confidence is, is something so unique that it's hard to teach, uh, but you have to be willing to, to screw up. You know, I, I always make a point to you know, recognize that I wasn't the best goalie. And I think that as a, as a player, when I was still competing, you know, that was a strength of mine, knowing that I wasn't going to be perfect. And if you recognize that you're going to make a lot of mistakes, uh, you can continue to stay confident in that. And it's, it's one of those positions where, you know, at some point in your career, you've made every save. So as long as you believe on every shot, regardless of what the score is or where, where the momentum is, that you've made that save somewhere in your, you know, your encyclopedia of, of knowing how to play the position, um, you still have a shot. And I felt like that was always a, a benefit of mine is that I, I knew I wasn't going to be perfect. I knew I wasn't the best ball stopper. I knew that I had to impact the game in different ways, whether that be clearing or making plays outside of the cage. But if I wasn't going to be perfect, could I find other ways to to be effective. And that's what we try to teach our goalies is, you know, uh, you're, you're probably going to be involved in stopping a shot for about 30 seconds of a game. Let's say you make 15 saves and you give up 15 goals. Well, that, that period lasts for about 30 to 40 seconds. So what are you doing for the other 59 minutes to, to make an impact on a game? And uh, I hope that our position continues to evolve that way. You know, for years we've heard fastest growing sport, right? Lacrosse, fastest growing sport, lacrosse over and over and over again. Where is the sport heading from here 
the next three, five, seven, ten years? Is there more evolution? Is there more change? Is it going to be uh, even more of what we've seen with more programs coming onto the uh, onto the national scene? What, what's lacrosse look like to you as we're moving forward here, John? Yeah, I think the the impact of the international game is going to be so important. Like, I think being able to be involved in the 2028 Olympics is going to bring so many more eyes to the sport, even if it isn't a, a direct replica of what the college game is. And and when you do provide international uh, support, I think you also uh, you start to impact what administrators think. And as the game continues to grow, and and, and more from an administrative level, one of the favorite parts about my job is understanding how our program can impact a university to be able to bring in 50 student athletes that uh, are, are highly academically, you know, motivated and, um, you know, and, and obviously a lot of them pay their own way. So as, as I think higher education continues to evolve as well, you, you start to find a niche in men's lacrosse and women's lacrosse where you can bring in a lot of athletes under your campus who are, you know, maybe not full pay, but are also providing a benefit to your university uh, financially, academically, socially, and now all of a sudden, you know, men's and women's across becomes more viable for your department. So I hope it continues to grow. I think Title IX will continue uh, to hold us back with some of the the major Power Fives. But as as the NCAA evolves, I hope so does so does our sport as we start to you know put our flagship down in in you know different areas of the country. By the way, you know how someone can tell that you're now a veteran head coach. Your your voice is a little raspy, you know. I, I like it. I, you know, you can tell that you've been uh, you've been getting the vocal cords tested uh, at practice and in the game. So good for you. <laughs> I appreciate. Yeah, well, two two games in two days this weekend. It certainly put my vocal cords to the test. And I bet. like I said, we got a lot to get better at. So I was doing a little bit of a I won't say yelling, just a little bit of a projecting of my voice. I like it, John Galloway, Syracuse Lacrosse great, of course, now doing amazing things as the head men's lacrosse coach. For Jacksonville University, the Dolphins hopefully going to do great things before the end of the year. John, thank you so much. We're rooting for you, obviously, and uh, continued success sent your way. Yeah, Mike, I appreciate you having me again, and I hope all is well up there. I wear my Buffalo Bills lanyard every day, so I'm still representing upstate New York to to the best of my ability. Before I close the podcast with some thoughts on the L.A. Dodgers, I have a quick message from our friends over at Athletic Greens. Listen, man, tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, and more to start your day right. Hey, Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, focus, aging, recovery, energy, and more. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Unbelievable. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens take ownership of your health. Also, a quick word from our friends over at Credit Karma. Folks, paying down debt, it can be what? Stressful, 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 especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. If you're tired of juggling due dates, uh, and, and, and working through the mess with a personal loan, 
it could be your answer, right? That way you'll have just one due date a month and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Our friends at Credit Karma will help you out. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. I just wanted to kind of get into uh, something that is already out there in Major League Baseball, um, at least in my opinion, and that is that I just don't think there's any great teams besides the Dodgers. I mean, I know, you know, that there are, you know, a few clubs out there that could go and win a World Series in, in the playoffs. They could beat the Dodgers because once you get there, it's it's about, you know, the big stage and um, in, in a series, anything can happen. Um, but I think right now in the early, you know, the early look at it, I don't think there's a great team besides the LA Dodgers, really. Um, you know, when you, when you go around, I mean, the giants have started nicely at seven and two, but I don't consider them a great, you know, jump off the page type of team. Um, Rockies, Padres, Diamondbacks, you know, six and three, six and five, three and six in the Dodgers division. The Diamondbacks are going to lose a hundred to 115 games this year. Um, Colorado will tell off, uh, San Diego. We'll see what happens with them. They're going to try to hang in there until Tatis gets back. Um, the Giants just figure it out. I don't know what the heck their deal is. I don't know how they do it, um, but they do it every single year. Um, you know, last year they surprised the hell out of us, obviously. Um, you know, in the Central, you have some nice teams. You know, I think the Cubs have been nice so far with Suzuki and company. Um, their pitching has surprised me. Uh, the Pirates should fade away. The The Brewers are 5-5. Five and five. I mean, I think the Brewers could be a really, really good team this year. Um but right now they're a 500 team. I mean, your record basically tells you who you are, right? And they do have an explosive offense. They've got, you know, a, a couple of guys, obviously, uh, starting pitching-wise that are, are, are uh, who are amazing, amazing arms. I mean, the amount of guys, Corbin Burns, um, you know, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, uh, terrific pitching staff, of course. And the bullpen has been, you know, pretty good for a few years now, led by Josh Hader at the back end. Um, they're a nice team for sure. You know, they're, they're, they're a nice team, but they're 500. Um, they do have the potential to dominate offensively. Um, they've got to get, obviously, I think a ton out of, um, you know, guys like Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain, uh, Colton Wong, Jace Peterson, um, those guys, I mean, they, they need, they need major, major contributions from about four or five players to, to really, make this thing work offensively because it's not as good a brewer lineup as in past years. It's, it's got potential, um, but it doesn't have tons and tons of pop. Um, you know, the national league East, I mean, you know, I look, well, actually let me highlight the Cardinals too. I mean, they're, as I record this, they're five and three, um, a team that I think could very well challenge the Dodgers for the world series uh, out of the national league. I think this Cardinal team is, is really pretty good. Um, you know, they seem to be a complete team. They're pretty good defensively. Um, so far, so good on the starting pitching. Adam Wainwright's still there doing his thing. Um, you know, they've still got cornerstone staples from their World Series time with Yadi Molina and, and Albert Pujols is back now, actually swinging a pretty good bat um, for this team. Um, and, and we know, I mean, they have very, very impressive 
um, you know, players in, in certain spots, um, most notably at, at, at the, at the hot corner, you know, and, and at first base in terms of Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, you know, those were two moves that they pulled off the last few years that, that, that kind of surprised people. Um, but they've bought into the Cardinal way and the Cardinals are a really, really nice team. I don't think they're a great team. I think they're a really, really nice team in the national league East. You know, the nationals are probably going to lose 95 to 105 games this year. Um, Juan Soto is the Nats, and that's pretty much it. The Phillies already showing their wild inconsistency at four and six. Miami at four and five, they're going to be around 500 all year. Uh, Atlanta at five and six, but probably won't have enough in the tank without Freddie Freeman and company. Uh, and the Mets have gotten off to a nice start at seven and three, but do we really trust the Mets? I mean, we need to see something there. Um, the AL West has been, I mean, Texas is awful. Seattle's 500, Oakland's 500, Houston's a game over 500. Uh, I think Houston's a solid team. I, I picked them to win the AL West. Um, you know, the Angels are 6-4. and four. We'll see if they come back a little bit as well. We know that what the deal is with them is, you know, the health of the team, <clears throat> most notably Mike Trout, most notably Shohei Otani. Can those guys stay healthy? And, of course, do they have enough starting pitching? Usually they don't. Uh, the AL Central, again, under 500 teams, just brutal teams. Twins, Royals, Tigers, we already kind of knew that. Indian or The uh, Guardians are under 500 as well. Uh, the White Sox are a, pr- a really good team. I think they're as close to a great team um, that we have outside of the L.A. Dodgers. I love their roster. Um, I, I think that they've got the potential at any point to score 10 ro- runs a night. I mean, when you look at Tim Anderson, when you look at uh, Jose Abreu, uh, when you look at uh, Eloy Jimenez, when you look at Luis Robert, uh, this is a really, really, really strong offense. I mean, they are, they're a terrific offense. There's no doubt. Yasmani Grandal at catcher, and they've got some depth at that position. Uh, the question will become, uh, will the starting pitching, you know, hold up with Dallas Keuchel and Kopech and Ronaldo Lopez and uh, Lucas Giolito? Uh, eventually, you know, coming back. He's on the shelf now, but coming back here in due time. Uh, can their can their starters hold up? Um, and if they can, I think the White Sox could very well go to the World Series. I picked them to go to the World Series against the LA Dodgers. Um, you know, and, and I think that they're as close to a great team. Uh, I think they're a really good team, uh, but I think I, I don't think they're a great team. Um, you know, and then in the AL East, I mean, you have you know mediocrity at its best with the Yankees. The Rays right now are are, are five hundred. The Orioles are going to be bad all year. But, uh, you know, hey, the Yankees can't seem to beat them. Um, you know, uh, Boston, I, I think, with Devers and Bogarts and Verdugo uh, and, and some of those game-type players in the starting staff and in the bullpen, I think that they'll slug their way uh, to a wild-card berth. Alex Cora also, as manager, knows what he's doing. Toronto is a really good team, too. Uh, they're probably as close as we can get to... Uh, the Dodgers, without being a great team, I would probably put them on the White Sox level. But I do think that they're more terrifying. Um, Alec Manoa is becoming a guy Toronto can count on. Um, you know, it could be a huge boost for them with Hyun Jin Ryu injured. Um, you know, they just seem fearless, this Blue Jay team. They seem confident. They seem together. Um, you know, you got to obviously love the offense. I mean, my God, it starts and ends with Vlad Jr., you got Bo Bichette, you've got Kevin Biggio, uh, Matt Chapman, uh, Tasker Hernandez is out right now, but he'll be back. George Springer, Luke, uh, Lourdes Garial. I mean, this is this offense is absolutely unbelievable. Again, it's just a matter of like the White Sox, the starting pitching here with Jose Barrios. Is he going to hang in there? Uh, you know, you're going to get Ryu back, of course. Manoa, you're hoping for the bullpen so far has I, I think pitched pretty well for Toronto. 
Um, so they're hanging in there uh, for this club, and, and they're 6-4. and four. I, I think Toronto has a great chance to uh, make the postseason. I think they have a great chance to win the division. But as I mentioned, whether it's, you know, Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, Blue Jays, White Sox, you know, Padres, uh, uh, whoever, uh, I, I see the Dodgers and everybody else. They're 7-2. and two. There's just no end in sight when you're a starting pitcher pitching to this lineup. I mean, this lineup is insane. Um, you know, one through nine, you know, Will Smith at catcher is, is a strong hitter, right? That's how good they are. They have depth. They kill you from the left side and the right side. Uh, Freddie Freeman all, already with a multi-hit you know multi -hit game. Uh, he's really feeling his way into this team, uh, knowing his role on this team. Uh, and they have other MVP candidates on this team. I mean, let's be honest. This team has Mookie Betts. They have Cody Bellinger. They have Freddie Freeman. They have, you know, Justin Turner. I mean, this lineup is insane. Justin Turner, Trey Turner, uh, Max Muncie, Lux, Freeman. So many weapons. So much power. Hitting for average. They can field. And Andrew Friedman made a great move. I mean, he traded A.J. Pollock, an outfielder, and he got bullpen help. He got Craig Kimbrell, uh, a veteran guy who's, um, you know, what, nine, I'm trying to, 33 years old. Uh, he's been on the big stage. He knows how to close out postseason games, and they needed some help in the bullpen. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Dodgers on the trade market moving forward. You know, Andrew Haney so far has has been pretty good, um, but they need a lot of help behind Walker Bueller. Clayton Kershaw obviously has a, just a great start to the season. Uh, got pulled after seven innings of perfect pitching uh, with, with, with a bunch of strikeouts, double-digit strikeouts. Uh, I thought he should have been left in there. Um, you know, so can those guys hold up? You know, Julio Urias, I mean, if they get Andrew Heaney pitching in that in that rotation, giving them a chance every fifth day, they're just going to run away from people. I mean, Walker Bueller, Kershaw, Heaney, uh, Urias, uh, you know, and then the bullpen with Kimbrell at the back end with a bunch of hard throwers before that, Blake Trinan and company. Uh, you know, you got David Price there, the veteran. I, I don't know, man. This Dodger team, to me, it looks like they're the only great team in Major League Baseball. Mike Lindsley with you here. It's an ML Sports Platter episode all over the major platforms. Please download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by our great friends at Bowers & Company CPAs, your state farm agent, Matt Graham, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, and Ken's Auto Detailing. Make sure if you're in and around Central New York, get on over to Ken's Auto Detailing. Inside and outside uh, your car, it's perfect. I mean, you drive off the lot, you feel like you have a brand new car, shiny car, shiny tires, you name it, and you can get the chrome for uh, any season as well over at Ken's Auto Detailing. Inside and outside details, A to Z wax and wash. It is just 120 bucks. And be on the lookout on Facebook for all of their specials as well. Ken's Auto Detailing is the official detail house of the ML Sports Platter. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to our friends from Camillo's Golf Club and the Swan and Whitaker families. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorite delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good.
Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com. For all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.